and welcome to the Hoosey Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's, or this month's show, I keep saying this week, we're not weekly anymore, I've been weekly for ages now. Uh, yeah, on this month's show, we're going to be discussing Maldrin Undead, the 1983 Peter Davison Fifth Doctor story. Um, and we'll be discussing that um, in its sort of written and televised formats and going through the uh, sort of the differences between between both. But uh, well, I say it feels a lot longer than a month since we were we were last with everyone, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, he's, oh. Yes. <laughs> I have been out of the house about three times. No. Oh, I know. I know. It's um yeah since this uh, lockdown thing. I hope everyone at home is is doing okay and and, and keeping it together and uh, not going too stir crazy. So um yeah, let's, let's just hope we can. At least it'll entertain you for the next sort of uh, half hour to 45 minutes. So, yes. uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, let's, should we do a bit of news? Yes. Okay, well, as, as you what would one, one would expect, not, not a lot has, uh, has been going on since we've been last away. But, uh, but the old um, sort of lockdown tweet-alongs have still been um, plugging away merrily, haven't they? Yes. Yes, I think as, as we record this evening, um, I think they're doing the girl in the fireplace. Yeah, so, um, but as I, I say, I, I did, have you been tempted to join in with any of them, Paul, or, or been keeping track of them at all, or? Um, I did, I did the first one, The Day of the Doctor, and I did the second part of the Stolen Earth, whatever one. Ah yes, the um, Stolen Earth Journey's End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, so I, I did, did the, I did the Journey's End bit because I forgot about it and what to do the. <laughs> oh right. Well, I was. I, I actually did the tweet along for that one, but I, I was under the uh, the guys on of my uh, my other podcast set for the Doctor Who podcast. So I was. Um, I think uh, James did the uh, the first episode. Um, I, I, and I, I knew tw- there was. And I tweeted along to the second one. So I knew there was some reason why I had nothing to do. With it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, no, I think they've, they've been very, very entertaining. Unfortunately, I've missed the last, um, the last couple, and because so, to be honest, I completely forgot about them. Um, I was meant to take part again, but I, I did, I did genuinely forget. Um, and this, this evening's one, it was just a clash of that and, and us recording. So um, yeah, otherwise I might have sort of been tempted to jump onto that one. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're sort of they kept going. Um, they've certainly gone down very, very well. Um, and I would just say it's all thanks to the you know the great work from um, Emily Cook. Really, yeah. isn't it? So she's she's managed to pull all these um, people together, and um, yeah, long may it continue. I mean, it's a nice unexpected bonus, I think, during, during this uh, this coronavirus yeah. lockdown. I, mean, I, I did I did sort of read back through the Dalek one, the tweets that related to the Dalek one. Yeah, I mean, actually missed it. Um, just because, yeah, because I mean, some actually, I mean, that is quite. I mean. When, you actually get the people that have worked on it and written it, yeah, and that, and they're giving you some background to it. It's quite interesting stuff. It, yeah, it, it has definitely worked like a sort of almost a, an audio commentary, hasn't it? Exactly. It, it was kind of, to be honest. It was, um, yeah. That that was. I think that's the biggest turnout yet for um for like you know the, the stars of the show, um to sort of pitch in. But um, no, I I think I think it's been really really good actually, and and to entice sort of RTD and 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 Moffat. Um, on onto Twitter, um, that's, that's no mean feat, to be honest, is it? So, no, I mean, I mean, both basically came on for it, didn't they? It's not just yeah, that those, yeah, uh, happened to be free on the evening and decided to. Oh no, so they, it's they all tweet been, um, along. No, all been meticulously planned, doesn't it? So, yeah. So no, it's very good, very very good indeed. So um, yeah, let's see what what comes after after the uh, the girl in the fireplace because they, they usually yeah. announce the next one after the. Um, that one has finished, so we'll see mm. how we go. But um, well, um, but anyway, on to, on to some other little little um, items of news. Um, now it's DVD news. One one that did surprise me um, on the sixth of July, um, the Power of the Daleks special edition uh, will be released. Um, now this did catch you by surprise um, because it's an updated version um, of, of on the previous animated version that that was released. Um, so it's got, it's got fresh animation, high definition, uh, which breathes new life into this much-loved story. Um, thoughts on this, Paul? I, I'm, I'm, because you have, you, you're glad you didn't buy it the first time. No, I, know, I just haven't got round to it yet. Yeah. So 
this is one of those cases where oh good. Well, this is. I'm glad. Well, obviously, as soon as I saw this come out, um, and they gave a release date, I was straight on Amazon, and I've pre-ordered it. Um, but this is now the third time <laughs> I've bought this story. Um, actually, no, I could say fourth time because I bought the um, the audio version featuring the surviving soundtrack. Um, I bought when they did the animated version. I bought it from that uh, very short-lived BBC shop um, with that that, that really weird. Um, Thing where you could buy television content, but you could only play it through their player, which yeah. was just bizarre. Um, then I bought it on DVD, um, and now now I've bought it again on Blu-ray with, with with a new version. So I think I've bought this. I think bought this more than uh, Spirit from Space now. If I'm perfectly honest, so. and that's saying something. But um, well, but no, that this, that, that, that is until they release the DVD, the the, the Blu-ray box set of. That particular season of Pertwee. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. When you will not go out and I'll buy, buy it, it again. again. I will. You know I will. You know I will. Um, so, but we, of course, with this this special edition, we are getting some lovely bonus material as well. So we get um, two new documentaries about Power of the Daleks. We get the 1993 BBC audio version of the of the story narrated by Tom Baker, no less. That's actually one of the things I'm looking for. Yeah, to same here. Actually, um, you get the raw incidental music, um, photo photogrammetry featurette, Wicker's World. It's easy for you to say. So, say again, sorry. <laughs> That's easy for you to it, say. It, uh, yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> believe me, it wasn't. Um, Wicker's World. I don't like my, don't like my monsters to have a, 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 a Oh God, I can't say that. I'm sorry. An Oedipus. Oedipus complexes. Complexes. Um, so if anyone can remember Alan Wicker. Um, yeah, I could just about remember Alan Wicker. I don't remember being on the telly that much. I think it's more of a sixties, early seventies thing. So it wasn't. Um, yeah, I was probably in bed by the time he came on. Then you get uh, Daleks: The Early Years, which is a 1992 documentary presented by Peter Davison. Um, you get an episode of Robin Hood from 1953, uh, which has Patrick Troughton's earliest surviving TV appearance. Uh, we have BBC archive footage from BBC Regional News, BBC Breakfast, Blue Peter and Newsnight. Um, previously unreleased animation trailers and um, animatics. Easter eggs. And it says the old favourites, audio commentaries by Annika Wills on each episode. Animation test footage, photo gallery. Uh, including uh, previously unreleased and rediscovered full-colour onset photos from 1966. Servants and Masters, The Making of the Power of the Daleks. So there you are. So it is available to pre-order right now from um, Amazon on Blu-ray and DVD. So there you go. Um, I think it does. there's a little thing in red at the end of this, this uh, news item. It does actually say it was ero- erroneously announced that The Highlanders was an extra... On, on this um, on this special edition, uh, but it's been confirmed that this was originally planned as an audio track, but they couldn't because uh, because of space limitations apparently. So I thought the whole idea of Blu-ray had more space on it, but <laughs> well, you do wonder whether that's been pulled because they're using it for something else. Well, that's what we would like to think, to... isn't it? Yes. 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 Here's open. Here's open on that one. Um, but finally. Um, Easy way to get a rumour started. It's the exactly. Same stuff. It's going to happen right and then say, <laughs> you heard so it's going to happen and then, and then oh, no, we've just shelved that for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, um, some Big Finish news. Now, obviously, um, Big Finish are, sort of, are kind of sort of halt their normal production, obviously, because of the, uh, the COVID-19 situation. Um, however, we do know that Big Finish recalled... Um, their stories years in advance so they've got quite a, a backlog to get through however they have continued to keep recording um through the lockdown just by people doing it from home so we've got a new full cast full-length doctor audio drama featuring tom baker louis jameson and john leeson um and it's called shadow of the sun um so this is available to pre-order for big finish for um 8.99 which I don't think is too bad. It's going to be released on the 12th of May. So that's next week, folks. So that's uh, that's a quick turnaround for Big Finish, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're right. well, you wonder whether this is, this is almost a trial thing, to get this out quickly as well, to see yeah. how people take to it, as to whether they bother continuing trying to do more recordings during this way. Yeah. 
or whether if these people decide they don't want this, they're wait until everything's. Well, I I I think that will be a because it's Tom Baker, um, and I'm, I'm glad they're doing it because Tom, he's looking a little bit frail these days, isn't he? Well, I mean, if you really want to start the rumour, of course you know why they're re- rushing this release out. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. Don't say no, that. No, no. I, I think that, that that will be... Not even joking. No, oh. exactly. That that, that will be a, a very a very sad day indeed. It really will be. Mm. But, um, yeah. I mean, because there's, the, there's, there's the thing, isn't it, that he, where he talks about the last time, or the last few times where he saw Elizabeth Sladen. Yes. And he's... Yeah, because um, I say my, my um, I hope I expect most of you listening will have, will have received your um, your season fourteen um, Blu-ray box set. I mean, I've, I've finally got mine because I've mistaken it. I've mine sent to my work address, so I only managed to pick it up today. So, um, I mean, yeah. this is actually the problem I've got. I the um, ordering power of the Daleks is to sixth of July. Now, where do I have that delivered? <laughs> Well, usually that those kind of those those DVDs will, will come in a very thin box. So they will fit through your letterbox. Fit your letterbox. Yeah, because I, I have had those. I'm now getting stuff delivered to home because um, I'm here more often than, than not these days, as as is everybody. Um, so yeah, I'm getting I'm getting everything now sent home. But I ordered season fourteen prior to the lockdown because it was it was announced yeah. so long ago. Um, I mean, you know, I you know, I, I didn't see this coming, Paul. I mean, what was wrong with me? Come on, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a government advisor. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I just think it's really good that the Big Finish is still plugging away, uh, still giving mm. us um, a good content. And to be honest, it, it's going to be um, a, you know, a download. So for, from eight ninety nine, I don't think that's that's too bad a price, really. Yeah, yeah, I do sort of wonder whether because this this may well have been a test one, particularly to see whether Tom could deal with the technology. <laughs> Well, um, there are lots of sort of tweets and and, and posts on various um, social media platforms of, of Tom seems to be getting to grips with it quite admirably, actually. So, yeah. yeah. But I wonder whether, you know, they'd always plan to get this one out, do this one and get it out quickly just to see, you know, what the reaction to, what, to it is. Whereas if you do it now, if they did it now and then use their usual release thing, this wouldn't probably be coming out till next year. No, probably not. Probably not. And by which time, the fact that it was recorded during lockdown wouldn't really mean much to no anybody. So I suspect they're doing it. They are getting it out quickly just to yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say cash in, but just to tie in with the fact that people are in lockdown to say, look, this is this is what still can be done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, you I mean, you can buy this on on a collector's edition CD. That's going to be priced at ten ninety nine, which again I don't think is too bad, actually. No. Um, but it just has remind everybody um, for some time now, and it will probably continue for, for the foreseeable future. The big finisher are operate under a digital first release schedule, so they're not so they're not actually um, any collector's edition uh, CDs are going to be delayed, really. Yeah. So, um, but say your best option really is, is to go for your your digital download, which is what I usually go for anyway, because I I don't have the room for CDs. So I know. It, yeah. it is that thing. It's just, yeah, I am that sort of. Oh no, you know, <laughs> I have got to move as soon as this lockdown's over. <laughs> we could build a house out of CDs. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh well, so that's that's just about it for the news uh, for this month. Um, I mean, obviously that there is no news at all about the next series of Doctor Who um, because I I don't think they're in any position to start filming anything. So um, no, no. So there's obviously a lot of a lot of pre-production going on at the moment. So. <laughs> I think I think anything that has come out. Um, I think it was Mandit Gill come out and said it was just luck, really, that they recorded this this year's Christmas or New Year's special last year. Because uh, yeah. otherwise we wouldn't have had anything at all. So um, it's almost a flight they saw it coming, Paul. They actually had a time machine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait, the, only, the only problem is, of course, the fact that normally we'd be halfway through a series of Doctor Who now if they they did the Easter release. As, yes, we would they, be, wouldn't we? Rather, yeah. rather than rather than a January release. Yeah. We had Doctor when we when we could go down the pub 
at weekends. They were showing Doctor Who. Oh, <laughs> no, we can't. Can't do either. <laughs> no, I'll stop it. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, never mind. So um, that's it for the for the news for another month. So coming up next, we're going to be discussing Maldrin Undead. So for another month, then that was the news. Then uh, we're going to talk about Maldrin Undead. Um, now, I said at the top of the show, you usually, well, actually, I think we just explain ourselves a bit more. I think because usually we usually build these kind of things as a discussion on on the target novelization um, yeah. of a particular story. But as usual, what we usually always end up doing is compare what comparing the written version to the TV version. So. Yeah. What we're going to do from this episode onwards, when we discuss these old um, sort of like the classic stories, um, we're going to be talking about it in just Billy as yes, we're talking just about the story in 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 both of those formats. That's it, really. So, uh, so it's more of a more of a general discussion about the story itself rather than just about the written the written word. So, yeah. So now I've, I've, I've painfully explained that. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, it's my it's my. <laughs> so, 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 now sucking eggs. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Grandmother. Exactly. So um, this story was originally first broadcast uh, over four episodes from the first to the ninth of February nineteen eighty three, um, and the target book was released in August nineteen eighty three. So it was quite a, a uh, fast turnaround. Um, both the tele- televised version and the target book were, were written by Peter Grimwade. Um, yes. Yes. Obviously, why is it such a, a quick, quick turnaround. turnaround? Exactly. So, um, it's my turn to kick off, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes. Okay. So, um, right, I'm going to make a comparison right from the off, to be honest, because I, I think I've only watched Maldrin Undead once. Um, I, I, for some reason, I didn't watch this one when it when it went out in, in on uh, on broadcast in 1983 for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and I think I've caught the very last episode, if I remember right. I think that, that was about it. Um, so the first time I really saw this was when it came out on DVD. Uh, and it didn't really grab me, if I'm perfectly honest, this story. However, after reading the book, I much prefer that version. I actually really enjoyed the book version. But I, find, but I find the televised one not as good. Um, and I think it's just because of the, I don't know if this is the way that Peter Grimwade originally envisaged a lot of things, and that's why it comes across better um, in the book than it does on the tele- on, on on the TV. I'm, I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure because it is a very, it's well acted and everything. I mean, anything with Nick Courtney in is automatically yeah. good in my book anyway. Um, so getting sort of getting two brigadiers for the price of one, um, yeah. What's not to like? To be honest with you, what's not to like? What What interested me most about wanting to read the book was because I was yeah. interested in how he was gonna do the the whole two brigadiers, yeah, and get to get the essence of the one being younger, and it actually worked perfectly. I don't think I got confused. No, once no, <laughs> even I managed not to get confused once. <laughs> Well, I think it's, it's that whole thing because he, he sort of um, obviously the first one we meet the, the the brigadier from 1983, and he does go really on about the fact that he, he is sort of out of condition, overweight, it gets out of breath. He's the last up, you know, last up to up to the up to the obelisk on the hill and everything. Yeah. So, um, and yes, that that does come across in the, in the televised version as well because obviously Nick Courtney was uh, a bit larger than he than he was back in the um, back in the 70s. Um, but the 1977 version, I think they just gave. Um, did, did you notice though on the on the on the television they gave him a waistcoat that's just a little bit too small for him? Yeah. Um, and to, to be honest, actually, I thought they did it quite well on the television. To they did really to, to hide the fact that he wasn't. Yeah. Slimmer and six years younger. I oh, know that they sort of dyed his hair for um um for, for 1977, but I, I, it just seemed to work better. Um, 
in the book because you've got other people sort of like you know sort of not so much commenting on 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 his sort of being out of condition or whatever um it's it's more there's their thought processes you know perhaps actually what i didn't take in so much when i watched it previously and it's it's been a while since i've watched this yeah um, oh, same here Crikey. was actually how Cleverly, the the whole two brigadier things, the the difference between the seventy seven and the eighty three brigadier was, and the fact that it was all down to the fact that the whole um, meeting himself and whatever had caused the breakdown. Yeah. Now I, it's it's quite surprising really that the doctor hasn't really done it up until that point. No, to be honest, and. Um, and really, it's not much of a story. If I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, you could probably, um, I, I don't know whether, whether you you could have done this as, as a two part. Or I'm not entirely sure. But um, well, I mean, I mean, the thing that's, that strings it out is the the introduction of Turlo, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Without without his character, what what do you think of Turlo whole... as, as a character and his introduction in this story? Um. What surprised me actually was the book didn't elaborate any more on his background. No. Than the TV, and I, I was sort of wondering whether we was going to get a, um, a prologue. Yeah. As to whether you know, as as to how he ended up on Earth and yeah, why no, we, he's we there. Don't get you know, it's anything like don't that, get do anything we? anything more than we get from the. From the TV bit of it, really, which is which actually, in some ways, is good because I don't really think there was much you could have added to that. No, as I, to, I and think, as to um, why he's, I think in, he's he, there. He, he comes across Turlo comes across in the book as a lot more of a um, right from the or from the off, uh, a lot more of a crueler character and a bully than he. Then he well, comes yeah. across on on the telly Def- because you, it's that definitely whole more of a bully thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely like, um, more of a bully. For some that? for somebody who doesn't fit in, who claims he doesn't fit in, yeah, and um, and isn't liked by anybody, and isn't no has no friends with anyone other than Ibbotson. Um, yeah, Ibbotson. Yeah, he, yeah, he he's he's really a nasty nasty piece of work, isn't he? He is. He's 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 horrible and and snide and um. Yeah, he's he does he's not a pleasant character at all in in, in the book, what in any shape or form. Um Yeah, whereas you, a, whereas you sort of in the in the T V thing, you just feel that he's manipulated by the black guard he yeah. guardian who he's not necessarily an evil person. He's just manipulated into a position so desperate to get away from Earth, he'll jump at anything. Well, it, it was that there. that whole thing with with, with stealing the brigadier's car, which comes across in yeah. the book as a lot more of a. Um, I, I don't. Do you, um, I'm trying to think. It comes it, across. It comes across in the car as just a fun, a fun thing to joke. do. But in in the book, in the it's book, more of a. Um, it's yeah. it's more actually having a go at Ibbotson. It is, yeah. It is. He's at. He's he's actually doing it to 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 have a go at Ibbotson rather yeah. than. And and sort of so, blame, and blaming him for the crash as yeah. well. Um, that that comes across as a lot more snivelling in the book than it does on on the telly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a very 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 dislikable character, Turlo. Um, I just trying to think. I trying to put some sort of comparison. I wonder if it's sort of based on the certainly in the book anyway. The Flashman character out of Tom Brown's School Days, having never. Well, he's, he's sort of he is a, a um, he's sort of like the, the school bully, as as it were. Um, but even in them sort of books, you get the um, the school bully has his little gang, whereas hmm. Turlo doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Well, I think, you get I think the feeling he... that that Turlo gets would get bullied by anybody other than Ibbotson. Oh, I think yeah, I think he would do actually. I think he, he's that. Um... Which then actually makes it worse because there's then a case that you know the only person who actually really wants to talk to you and you treat him treat him badly, yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's not he's not a pleasant character at all. No. He really isn't. Um, 
and I think as as the as the book certainly goes along with with Turlough, after after he's been recruited by the the Black Guardian, I think you get more more of a sense in that that he's he realizes that he's got him weighing over his head. Yeah. Um, and he starts to admire the Doctor um, a lot more than it than it than it comes across on the telly. Because I think on the, on the the televised version, um, the character isn't given the, the chance to do that. No, I mean, after afterwards, he's he's just arguing that is it not enough that we can separate him from his Tardis? I don't, you know, yeah, I don't. We don't need. I don't need to kill him and. Yeah, exactly. He's desperately trying to get out of it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think Yeah, there's not really that much Turlo the Black Guardian bits aren't really gone into anymore. Um no, I think I think that the book is just more sort of the Black Guardian appears more sort of is more of like an ethereal character. Yeah. Uh, rather than sort of like on, on the televised version, you get the Valentine doll standing in front of a ZX Spectrum loading screen. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. There, there, is, there is a certain, there is a certain thing where that actually the 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 TV is is shown with its limitations of of nineteen eighty three. There isn't indeed. it. However, I do like Valentine Dahl's performance though. Um, he's got that that rich, deep, booming yeah. voice. Um, and it's it's all very very. I mean, so he's, didn't he start on, on famous on the radio first, Valentine? For the, was yeah. it the Man in Black or something? Wasn't it some sort of like mystery th- uh, stories he'd, he'd introduce on the um, on the BBC back in the was it the forties and fifties? I think wasn't it? Uh, Man in Black. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not totally sure, but I know that's what he was he was sort of famous for. But um, but the other thing I think about Valentine, though, you sort of think he's like a, a you know a serious. Um, it always comes across because he's got that sort of presence about you. Think he's a very serious actor and all that, but um, I mean, he appears on loads of goon shows. Yeah, and he, I mean that that was his sense of humor, and he and he fitted in, uh, you know, fantastically into it. Actually, he sort of sent himself up um, quite a bit. So you obviously sort of Spike Milligan enjoyed writing for him, you know. So, but yeah, that that was that was a, a surprise because you know. Um, I really only knew him, Valentine Dole, really from this when I when I was growing up, and that episode of Blackadder. When when yeah. in the from the first series when Edmund is put in put in charge of the of the kingdom, so uh, all about very briefly. So um, yeah, but I, I always do always do like he's very hammy, very over the top, but I, I expect oh, of that period, isn't exactly, it? He's very much of that's what villains were like in Doctor Who then, weren't they? Yeah, really. You know, very, very over the top and grand. So, which you certainly get with Anton Dahl. So, um, yeah, but I do like the scenes between him and, and Mark Strickson, um, actually. You know, it, it's um, it, it's just a shame he, he didn't come across as really despicable like he does in the book. No. Just a shame. Just a shame, really. But um, but of course the the other big thing of this is the Maldrin character because you got David David Collins playing him. Um, I mean, sorry, sorry, just going back to oh, the Turlo. I mean, you wonder at what point was Turlo was was Turlo softened for TV because they then decided that they were actually gonna take him forward as a companion and not just for. What is known as the as the Guardian well, trilogy bit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did have that. But you that, had that. to soften him because otherwise you could never have you could never have bought the Turlo that starts this episode as a regular. Well, companion. no, you, you you get the three story arc, don't you? For yeah, um, for, for, you know, for Turlo and, and and the Black Guardian, um, and I think that the the following stories they do turn turn into quite a snivelling cowed of a character uh, yeah. which to which to a certain, a certain degree he was all the way through his, his, his time on the show he, he was just that kind of um, that kind of character so he was always after after number one and I felt like the, the later stories even though the Black Guardian was there to get him to, to, to kill the Doctor it wasn't really so much at the forefront no any longer it just seemed to be more of the fact of He's got this sort of like, sort of like this demon on his shoulder all the time in the form of the Black Guardian. I mean, you there, know, there is a certain. Point, it. is, 
this is starting this not to be a Turlo companion show. Yeah. Um, yeah, there there is just a problem of of how do you how do you how do you keep the uh, if you've got a companion who's whose one job there is to kill the doctor, how do you keep that going through several before it's, it loses the any sense of not to say realism, but if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because you should just think there's going to have been a chance when you could have just snuck up to him and hit him from behind at some point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many chances do you need? Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Um, obviously, you know, the, the title character of Maldrin. Um, now, David Collins, I think, is always good in what you know, or was always good, unfortunately, um, in, what, in, in whatever he did. Um, and this is actually the reason why we chose. It was, yes, it was the, re- the main reason. Is because the Dave, um, in case anybody didn't realise, David Collins had recently passed away. Um, so that's the reason we, we picked this story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's always um, he's always sort of good value. Um, for money, David, whether he's playing the good guy or a bad guy, um, I think he's always good. You know, he's he's never he never seems to overplay anything. Oh, he always seems to get the, the balance quite right. And for someone as, as sort of as sort of driven as Maldrin, really, oh, I mean, he doesn't overdo you, you, it, does he? You, you could have very much had a Valentine Darvel sort of performance as oh. as Maldrin, couldn't you? Well, I was, I was actually From... thinking more of a Graham Crowden, yeah, performance. Really, um, yeah. Imagine yeah. Grand Crowden was Maldrin. Oh, that would been a completely different story, wouldn't it? So... And it, it, it did, you know. Despite what was going on, there was the sense that this was actually a person that just wanted to die. Really, yeah. You know that there there wasn't the the mad wanting to take over the the world. Yeah. Thing there, and how he went about it may not have been. A, a nice way, but he did. But it was it was all done because f- for a reason rather than yeah, it wasn't an ego exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that's why I sort of come to appreciate this one a, a, a bit more um, after sort of watching it again and reading the book. That it's it's not it's not your average villain's sort of universal domination bid, is it? Really, no. the, the the reasons for what he's doing is actually quite simple. I just it's like a the whole story is just based on assisted suicide, hmm. isn't it? Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. And whether and whether the doctor's gonna give up his lives to to do it to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, actually, talking about this, I mean, this story, I, I, I didn't realise quite how interesting from a point of view this story is. I mean, I've been saying you've. No, well, a few times where you've got, you've obviously got a companion meeting itself, meeting himself, yeah, his or herself, on that. You've also got the question of somebody pretending to be the Doctor post regeneration. Yeah, which we've never seen before. No, um, and 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 yeah, a quite and, it, and also that then becomes quite a good thing that it's a story that you bring the Brigadier in because there was some talk that um, originally they was gonna. Um, of William Russell, back... wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, William. But then they were also talking about maybe Harry Sullivan, yeah, um, as well. Um, but they they settled on on the Brigadier because because a lot of ex soldiers do go into sort of teaching after they retired. So it it, it would have been okay. It would have been nice to see William Russell back in Doctor Who. Um, but oh, we get Nicholas Courtney. So, but actually, having the Brigadier was good because he was one of the few Earth people that had. Encountered different doctors. Yes. So you know the whole thing about if, if a doctor had regenerated, it wouldn't have been a surprise to him. I mean, hey, no, you've got it, the fact they, that he meets. Yeah, I, I begin obviously to wonder... the new a new doctor in this, but then the fact that Maldrin pretending to be the doctor, and could this have, could this be a, a case of regener- regeneration gone wrong or whatever? Yeah. That the the brigadier would not be adverse to. To, to believing that exactly because that would that I'm beginning to wonder how the story would, would have panned out if they had gone for William Russell. Yeah, because the, you, you, the, you the, 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 the the whole thing you could have the the younger and the older um, William Russells there, but um, 
the re- as you say, the regeneration thing wouldn't have worked. So I'd like to have seen how they would have what yeah. would have changed I, in the story. You know, I would like to have seen that. A Davison's doctor would have had to have explained regeneration to the brigadier in eighty three. Yeah. Plus, he wouldn't have understood exa- anything that was going on that Nissa and Tegan were talking about. No. A Doctor regeneration in 77. Yeah. So it would have really have slowed the story down at that point if you'd had if you'd had anyone other than the Brigadier. Mm. No, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's, it's just sort of, you know... I mean, probably show, the only it's, other... It's just, it's just a sort of happy circumstance that they, it ended up with Nicholas Courtney that, yeah. that allows this, this story to work the way it does. Really. Probably one of the few other people you could have had would have been Benton. Well, yeah, because he does get a mention, doesn't he, Benton? Yeah. As a second-hand car salesman. But, um, yeah, so, <laughs> we're giving John Levine, he's, he's tying back on TV again after all these years. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, but, but the fact that, you know, looking at it now, and you just think to yourself, but it just makes so much, it makes perfect sense that it's the Brigadier. Yeah. And you can't really see how it, would it would have been a, had to have been a totally different bits of this story had it not been? Yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree. Completely agree. It's um, it, it it he's the reason why this works. To be honest, it really is. But actually, going going on to the um, what you, you touched upon the regeneration gone wrong there. Um, obviously in the. In target novelizations, you can get away with a lot more than you ever could do or could have done um, on 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 the televised version. So, Maldrin's various states of basically decomposition were quite graphic in the book, and he and he was a lot more alien-like as well, isn't he? He's more sort of yeah. almost like a um, like a bug-eyed monster, really, isn't he? The initial yeah. description of him. He's not human. He's a humanoid, not a, you know, um, or, or I say less less humanoids than the televised version. Obviously, they are still aliens and everything. Um, but yeah, but as you said. There was almost an amphibian quality yes, to him. Exactly, yeah. Um, but all that sort of descriptions of what, you know, when, when he left the TARDIS and he was trying to drag himself across the floor, he's sort of, he's basically putrefying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was very, very sort of, um, very sort of graphic, um, and obviously I, I just preferred that version. Um, hmm. But again, it's just, it's just something they just couldn't do on the television. No, you know. But but what is good is actually when you think about it, is that Target novelizations did do that. They did. They did. There's no shying away from from that. And to be honest, that then lets the to a certain extent. The the, the 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 actual mon- how how bad the monster is is only down to the the child's imagination that's reading it precisely. But the thing is, I think if um, have you read the novelization? I'm moving off a topic here, but it's, it's kind of um, kind of the same thing. The um, novelization of the Ark in Space. No. Right. Okay. That that one's written by Ian Marta, um, and the description of Noah. Finally, transforming into a. Um, Actually, that's... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Have we done that one? Because I'm now starting to think. Yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, I don't being think, quite I, a. I, 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 you know, I can't. I can't remember us doing it actually. But, um, but no, though that you know Noah's final transformation is very, very graphic. Because um, I do actually sort of remember that. So I, I have read it, and I can only think that then. If I've got that vague memory, that might have been one of the first ones we did. Yeah, I of this, we'll have to look back. We'll have to look back. We'll have, we'll have to, to look, look back. back. Indeed, indeed. But um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, so, so coming back onto onto the um, back to, back to Mordred Undead. Um, yeah, I I say so I, I prefer the, the book's description um, of 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 Mordred, certainly. Um, but you know, it's, it's not taken away from David Collins' performance at all. No, I mean. It needed that sort of slightly understated performance to give the character any sort of credibility. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, that it that they they were he was an intelligent person who had now 
just want made mistakes and yeah, wanted exactly. it to end. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a very interesting um, character, Mordred. I feel actually because um, it's a whole thing. They they wanted immortality. It went wrong for them, and it, and it's not like they wanted to actually. They they kind of got it. But not how they wanted no, it. No, they wanted it, exactly. So no, they, they wanted want... to become Time Lords. They did, yeah. But they, thought, they thought they discovered the Time Lords. So this, they, now, this is... An, this is well, I don't know if this is interesting, but it was interesting to me. But watching this now after the last series of Doctor Who... Yes. And particularly the last episode, mm-hmm. where we find out that the, the, the Time Lords experimented to become able to regenerate. Yes, yes. It would not be that unusual for them to have this sort of machine for Mordrin and his co um allies in this to have tried to steal. To have stolen. Well, do you know what? You you could retrofit this um this would this would annoy a lot of um classic Who fans. But it, you, but it, you, fits, you, it fits in with that timeline very well. It does. You could actually say that Maldrin is actually a Gallifreyan, one of the early Gallifreyans trying to become a Time Lord. Yeah. Or knows or knows the real history of the Gallifreyans. Yeah. yeah. So knows it's possible for a non-Time Lord to develop the ability... To regenerate. To yeah. regenerate. And thus steals this bit of equipment from the Time Lords, believing that this is the secret to to their success in that nature. Yeah. Well, I think now, Paul, this is, uh, because we've now discussed this on the show, this is now canon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you heard it but here it, first, folks. But it is interesting, though, because I didn't even, it wasn't something that when I was watching that that episode, the, yeah. in the, last, the last episode of the last series... That I, I immediately thought of this episode, this Mordred <laughs> Undead, and thought, oh, that fits in. But the more I watched this, the more I read the book, the more you're thinking, actually, this really fits in now. It does, isn't it? It does. Absolutely right. But, uh... So what about um, the, the other regulars in this room, Tegan, um, in, in this one? Um, I think that it's the same on, on both counts here, the, the televised version and, and the book version, that um, Nissa doesn't have a lot to do in this, does she? No. She's very much left in charge of the TARDIS, isn't she? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and sort of defending that Mordrin <coughs> is the Doctor, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, to be honest, there's not much difference between what's done on the tele- on, on, on the, the televised version and what's in the book for, for either character, to be honest. No. It really isn't. So it's no. um, yeah, not that it's, it's, po- it's poorly quite served. Strong... I think you know. I don't know. It's quite a well. This is poorly, poorly served. Yeah, I think it's a reasonably strong story for for Tegan. Um, but, I mean, you know, maybe, she's adamant. Yeah, yeah, she's adamant. Just... This is not the Doctor. Yeah, and is prepared to basically stand her ground on it. Yeah. And it is only when the Brigadier intervenes that Mordrin's let out the, the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, and she's right. Oh yeah, she's right. She's absolutely right. But, but again, it's just an, it's just another. Um, I kind of put. Okay, she's she's. Tika's always been distrustful of of of, <laughs> of the normal Doctor anyway. So. Um, her to be distrustful of, of someone pretending yeah. to be the Doctor doesn't really make a lot of difference. So. But um, no, I, I do, I do, I do take your, I do take your, your, um, your point though. Um, yeah, where, she, where she Tegan is is, who... two, two things in this that Tegan is poorly served. Yeah. One where she's talking about not trusting Turlo because he just waltzes into the TARDIS. Yeah. And yeah. Is not phased by it. And when Anissa turns around and goes, well, that's not un- as much as unusual as you on the A, whatever it was. Yeah. And he finished off, yeah, but no, but Tegan was going into... Thinking it was a police box. Police box. Yeah. She wasn't going into it thinking, expecting it to be a spaceship, whereas Turlo definitely was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's just, he's just looking for a way to go home, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then also when 
it becomes obvious that the Brigadier has travelled with both uh, Nissa and Tegan, and he's travelled with the Doctor as well in the two different time for the two different time periods. Yeah, the Doctor has a go at them for how could they be so stupid, and there's no comeback. Yeah, I know. So which you know, I think he's rather rather unfair. I feel actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that was very yes, very that, unfair. There is there is a there is a sense that this is you know you stupid Pete. You, and it's almost it almost this bald on to those you stupid women, really. Yes, it, yeah, it, it did come across a little bit like that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which sort of, mm, yeah, I'm not so sure yeah. about that. Okay, well, it it was it was <coughs> it was 1983. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but God. yeah, I mean, but, but but Tegan is actually the only one who's who consistently through this episode, this story. Yeah. Both in the book and and the episode, is actually. Doing the right thing. Hmm. Yeah. No. I. I say. I. I. Um. I. I've got now got a new appreciation for this story. Yeah. Actually, after after watching it again and 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 reading the book for the first time. Um. Because I mean, a, a lot of the sort of. I'm gonna say that sort of the, the the later era of the classic series. I've never read any of any of the um the target novelizations. So. Um, the, these are sort of totally new to me. When, you know, when I when I pick them up and read them, um, yeah, and because, I do tend when to I... save them for, for recording for the podcast. If I'm if yeah. I'm honest, yeah, because the, the earlier Target novelizations I did read when I was yeah was young because we couldn't yeah. watch them. Yeah, exactly. Because the, they the, were our only link to link link to the to past. those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and now we've got them all. It's not necessary. And by the time we've got to to 83 and whatever and the later period I wasn't necessarily reading the target novelizations no, as they came neither. out no me neither me neither um, what about the um, sort of set design um, on this one um oh, was it? I think they, I think they captured the brigadiers um how can I, how can I put it sort of um He's, he's he's sort of like hut that he now lives in. I suppose the best way to describe it is a hut. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that came that that was captured rather rather well. And also, sort of, there, there was two sort of versions of. There was the one that was sort of like the, the neat military kept version from 1977, and the and the sort of like the, the, the I think it says in the book that it was sort of like someone who, who sort of given up. Yeah. To be honest, if I just watched the TV version. Yeah, I'm not quite so sure I'd have picked up on that. Really, but the no, book... I, I did see, and I think it's because I did read the book before I watched it. This is what I was going to say, and I was looking for it. And I think this is what, they this did what I mean. Do it. Yeah, this is what I mean. Yeah, if I'd have think if without without the book, because I was because I thought myself, well, I didn't really pick that up. I can't remember that being the case when I read the book. I thought I can't remember that being the case in the TV series. Yeah, but. I don't without reading the book. I don't think I'd have, if I'd have just watched this TV episode in the last week or so mm. without having read the book. I still don't think I'd have picked You'd up picked up on it. Yeah, that everything in his life had sort of slid. Yeah, from nineteen seventy seven onwards, and the the whole basis, almost core of him, had been rocked. Yeah, to the extent that you know the whole on parade sort of thing had gone. Yeah. Um, in the book, it is done very well. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, what about the sort of the the design of the of the ship, which of obviously with with, with any target novelization, any set is made to 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 feel very very grand and opulent. Um, and, and this was no exception because this ship was supposed to be grand, um, and yeah. opulent, wasn't it? Um. I mean, it, it it was it was a special ship. It was, yeah. And it was a ship that obviously they'd been on for for years. It was meant to be a ship that they, were, they could live out eternity on. So yes. you expect it to be lush and full of like plush carpets and velvet drapes and everything, wouldn't you? It was meant to be, you know, that that was its purpose. So people could just, you know, live forever. It, it seems yeah. in in, in um, 
in in luxury. I like the fact that in the book they didn't necessarily go down the the computer game line as part of the luxury. No, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> but he felt that oh, that that doesn't date this episode at all, does it? No, that, that, that's that, that as you say, that's very much on, on the nose for nineteen eighty three, really, isn't it? So. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. To which even you know there wasn't even necessarily, it wasn't even in the book that he'd written. You know, some holog- holographic suites or something that they had. You know, yeah, <laughs> that, they, yeah. that they had to, they had to downgrade for the TV. They just hadn't. He hadn't really mentioned what the, the leisure sort of side of it. No, had, no, had not he? at it, all. It was not just a opulent. It was. It was. It was like a um, cruise liner sort of opulence, wasn't it? It you was. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I you think... sort of had this mentally reading it. You sort of had this this image of the QE two in space, didn't you? Exactly, and I think the and I think this is probably a, a problem I, I've got with the set design of that period of, of Doctor Who because everything just looks eighties. Even if it's meant to be set on a um, a different planet or it was set in the you know Earth of the future or, or whatever. Um, they, they they tied it back to yeah they tried it, they tried to be cutting edge night of the year they was in yeah rather rather than the year it was set yeah um so I I think when when I see um the spaceship interior on the telly um it just comes across as um that looks like any reception area in a building from 1983 yeah <laughs> you know so um. All the sort of like the, the sub Art Deco wall lights and and chrome everywhere, you know, it's it's so so eighties, it really is. So um, yeah, so the TV that didn't quite work for me, but that's just that's just the the way they did things then, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, but uh, even extended to Gallifrey, didn't it? Because we got the what we, what we was it people referred to as, as the coffee shop look. Yes, yeah, of of Gallifrey. So. Um, yeah, no, that, that's I'd say that's the only sort of downside. But I think it's 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 a well put together story. I feel considering it was it was done as a um, a stopgap story because yeah. another script fell through. Um, I think that's isn't that the sort of the second time that Peter Grimway's done that, I and mean, the first time not, not with great success with Time Flight. Um, but I think I do think this one's a, a, a lot more successful than I than I'd previously previously given it credit for. I don't know. How this one is has been received in fandom? Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, it's 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 for the fact that you know it's supposed to be a, a time machine. Mm. You don't get a lot of um, Doctor Who stories that rely on time differences. No, no you don't. Are set in the same place in different times. Yeah, actually, as as we said earlier, um, we were actually. Re- Recording this at the time when there's the tweet along for probably the only one of the other ones that's been that's done that yeah go in the fireplace yeah 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 which was probably the modern who version who could be said to be the modern who version of this <laughs> yeah in a funny way it is actually it is that's uh yeah I mean any any sort of I think we sort of got gone through this in in good enough detail but if you had to say which do you prefer the book or the televised version which would you I I've picked the book. I think the book is is really good. Yeah, yeah. the The only thing that the the TV version's got going for it is Nicholas Courtney. Yeah, exactly. ahead of the book. Yeah. Um. But the yeah. I mean the book. I really thought the book was going to be a, be a, could well be a bit of a mess. A bit of a, of a bit of a by the numbers kind of. Adaptation. Well, no, just in just in trying to. Oh, you think it was going to jump over, back between the two, it? the times, yeah, ah, or jump okay. in between the times? Was it always going to be clear which period you was in and which brigadier it was being spoken about and yeah. whatever? But there was never a point. I mean, I read the book before I watched the TV, so it wasn't even that I had the TV to guide me through the the book. Mm. It, like I say, it was, it was pretty much ran through and made probably more sense. More than the sense, TV. yeah. Yeah. The only the only the only problem I have with this story, gone, and this is this is probably the minorest gripe I can <laughs> could have. It wouldn't be us if we didn't. <laughs> is is why does Tegan actually need a homing beacon for the TARDIS when there's that great big monument <laughs> that's parked next to the TARDIS when she goes down to the school? 
Um, it's it's it's, it's, it's you a can plot see. device, Paul. That's all it is. It's a plot device. It's not a TARDIS <laughs> homing beacon. It's a plot device. It's it's of all the times when you could when 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 a homing beacon for the TARDIS could have been used without any reason for feeling that it was a plot device. Oh no! Oh no! Uh... <laughs> they then decided, yeah, no, we're actually put the TARDIS by. The, like the on top of the hill that's got a massive monument on it <laughs> that that you can see from anywhere from about forty miles away. <laughs> well, I, I've only I've only got one one final um, observation uh, for this actually, and and that is the book cover. Um, there is something about the nineteen eighties book covers for 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 Target um, are so uninspiring. Um, and, and this one takes that uninspiration to to another level because it is the beigest, um <laughs> book cover I've ever seen in my entire life. Because the the the, the book jacket matches Peter Davison's jacket <laughs> in, in, the, in the um in the still they take it, and it's just a picture of him leaning up against the um the TARDIS console. It is so uninspiring. It's even got Maudrin on there. You know, um, I think that that's where the... So, so, so you think it should have been Mordred the Unread? Yes, indeed. <laughs> that should be the tagline for this podcast now. Mordred the Unread. Oh, dear. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's... Um, I think, I think we've, we've, we've covered enough there, haven't we? Actually, yeah. I think, I think we, we both, um, both enjoyed this one. Hmm. I would actually say, yeah, to anybody who hasn't revisited this story for... For some time, yeah, give it a go. I, I yeah. either buy a book or buy actually buy the TV, buy the DVD. Yeah, do it because it actually stands up a lot better as a as a story than I thought, and actually now seems to fit a lot better into to to um, Doctor Who history. So yes, to speak. indeed, indeed, yeah, excellent, excellent. Ah, it's good to be back, Paul. <laughs> yes. Good to be back. Okay, well, obviously, we're now both going to disappear for another month, aren't we? So <laughs> yes. Um, but when we both return, we're back with a big finished story. Um, but we're going to do a Tenth Doctor story this time, aren't we? Yes. Uh, what's this one called, Paul? Uh, I think it's the Time Reaver. I think. Time Reaver. Okay, okay. So remember now. that's not like us to be prepared. No. Usually, so we, we announce it near the time, but no, we've actually made our mind up. So that's that's what we're going to be doing. Um, but next week, um, there's going to be another uh, video podcast coming out um, as well. So um, I've been sort of uh, so trying to get a few together, um, sort of during this uh, sort of period of lockdown and uncertainty, just to sort of try and basically give people something to watch if 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 they if they so desire. So there you go. There you go. Just just put, putting a little video history there for, for when Sean Heston comes back. <laughs> Damn you, Walter Hell. <laughs> he, he can see why civilization ended. He's got a, a collapsed statue of me on Hastings Beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so let's wrap this up then. So... Um, I'll be back in video form uh, next week, and Paul and I'll be back in audio f- uh, form um, in June. So I can't believe we're in June already, Paul. Crikey. Yeah. Not not June, yeah. Well, we'll be in June. So I don't want in June. We're yeah. in May already. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm just wishing this away. <laughs> oh, dear. So until next time, everybody, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. 
The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.